that plan, you develop those hardware elements and the associated technology and no others, you build them and you fly them. If you do that, you can be on Mars in a decade. If you don't do that, you can spend any amount of money you like and you can spend day by day after decade. My life gets colder. afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Today I want to start the show by having Trish cover the world news and give us the latest news on all the U.S. funded wars all over the globe and especially in the Middle East and Syria and Israel. And after that we will discuss the methods of genocide taking place across the United States right now through the forced vaccination of children, GMO foods and pesticides, toxic drinking water, and the geoengineered weather warfare being waged against us, including the chemtrails. <clears throat> we will also discover, cover the high cost of health care in the U.S. and the horrible results patients receive, and we'll also discuss the many drugs that are prescribed to pregnant women that are causing birth defects. The American public has been lied to by the CDC, and our children's health is being destroyed by corporate greed and fraudulent science. In the United States today, we have more one-day infant deaths than any other industrialized nation in the world. And experts attribute this in large part to vaccines that infants get starting on the first day of life. In addition, more American women are dying of pregnancy-related complications than in any other developed country. Only in the United States has the rate of women who die been rising. The U.S. has higher vaccination rates than any other country, and American children are experiencing epidemic levels of chronic diseases, including autism, attention deficit disorder, learning disabilities, autoimmune disorders, asthma, epilepsy, allergies, add diabetes to that, too. In 1986, we only had three licensed vaccines in the United States, MMR, polio, and DTaP. Today, we have 11 licensed vaccines, given 36 times to children before their fifth birthday. The government's mandatory vaccine recommendations have transformed the vaccine market from $1 billion in 1986 to $44 billion in 2017. Annual immunization costs have risen from $100 per child in 1986 to $2,192 per child in 2015, according to the CDC. The CDC has never conducted any studies comparing children who received the vaccine to children who never received the vaccine. The CDC has also never studied the adverse effects of combining so many vaccines and giving them to infants sometimes with four shots in one office visit. The movie Vaxxed only looked at the MMR vaccine, but think about how many other vaccines have never been studied. The MMR causes autism, but who is to say that all the other vaccines do not cause autism as well? So anyhow, I'll bring Trish on now, and we'll have her start the show with the important world news. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. It's great to be back. Hi. I think yeah. the big news really is, you know, what uh, this is not in the Mideast or, um, you know, Ukraine where the active wars are going on. But the real war, I think, is now showing up with the Yellow Vest protests in France that are spreading around. And I think it, I, the reason why I start with that is because these protests are being um, – misrepresented and misportrayed in the media and 
what it really boils down to is a revolt against the you know war for profit economies that have been built around these bankers who are driving policy decisions and what's happening now in France is a reflection of the impact of those billionaires making all these policy decisions such as in Syria where we see uh, since Donald Trump uh, announced that he wanted to withdraw our troops there have been an active campaign to sabotage that uh, decision by his own cabinet and we are seeing that play out now where immediately after he made that announcement we saw one ISIS attack on American soldiers that killed five in the northern part of the country in Syria. And then we just had this second attack by ISIS against American troops. The real irony there is that it is the U.S. that is funding those ISIS terrorists. And we are the reason they're there is to help further these bankers' interests in terms of stealing the oil and balkanizing the region like they'd done in Eastern Europe. And it makes it easier for them to traffic all their weapons and drugs and children and organs more easily. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's what I thought when I heard ISIS attacking our soldiers. We're the one that are funding ISIS and moving it all over the globe. They're our terrorist army. That's exactly so, uh, right. ISIS attacked our troops. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and the, what's going on with that is that, you know, much of the evidence is, is showing now that those troops, the ISIS troops themselves, are largely comprised of Israeli soldiers who are recruited. to, And that's oh, why really? their faces are always covered. If you examine photographs of a lot of those ISIS terrorists, they have light skin, light eyes, like they're clearly not Arabic and not Syrian. They're, um, and then the, the additional irony there is that Israel has openly um, acknowledged not only treating injured ISIS members and refusing to treat Syrian soldiers, but they also have now acknowledged with the retirement of a senior Israeli, the IDF um, official, their defense force official, acknowledged that, in fact, they were also arming those terrorists. We, there's extensive documentation of the U.S. and the Pentagon arming those terrorists. So why would ISIS attack the soldiers that are partnering with them? Well, the reason is that this is the same pattern we've seen over and over again, where Israel undertakes a campaign in order to push the U.S. into military action. We saw that with the attempt to sink the USS Liberty back in 1967. It was the World Trade Center collapse that Israel used to incite us to invade Iraq. And we're seeing the same practices play out in Syria. So, of course, immediately, as Donald Trump tells the world we're going to be leaving Syria, Israel does not want that, clearly, and is in a different part of the country, down in the southwest, 
is where the Golan Heights are next to Israel and where most of the most intense activity is occurring because there's we've got the refugee camps and then we have a bunch of um, terrorists, thousands of them that have been, been embedded by the U.S. there in order to protect that area from Syrian soldiers who are trying to drive out the terrorists. And they right, risk right. And so killing the, the real Syrian refugees. They're protecting them Golan Heights for uh, for all the people that are involved in that. Can you name them off? Sure. That the Golan Heights. That, was, yeah. Yeah. The Golan Heights was identified as a, a major as having major oil reserves, and so there was this company, Genie Energy, that is bought the right to that oil illegally from Israel. Golan Heights is part yeah, of Because Israel Syria. doesn't even own that oil, does it? Just no, 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 no. It, but Israel used the cover of this fake civil war, and they even acknowledged this again publicly, that, that was, they felt that was a good opportunity for them back in 2013 or 14 to sell those oil rights to Genie and make money off of it. Well, guess who owns Genie Oil? It's controlled by Rupert Murdoch, who also controls the conservative Western media like Fox News and Breitbart and Tommy Robinson and all all the more oh, really? conservative right leaning outlets. And then it's also Genie Energy is also controlled by uh, Jacob Rothschild. They control the left leaning side of the media, Western media, which includes CNN and MSNBC, The Economist, The New York Times. So the the propaganda campaign is covers both sides of the political spectrum and is designed specifically to protect these bankers who are stealing the oil and they're using our money and our soldiers to do it and sacrificing right. you know civilians to to do it. So this is really interesting, and but it just further exposes all of the corruption going on there. And and I think I think that many of these players involved are recognizing that they're being exposed, but expect that just doing more of what they've done before will protect them as it has in the past. Meanwhile, as this is happening, one of the reasons Netanyahu is so aggressive is that he politically at home is very weak. He announced over the Christmas break that he's lost his coalition in the Knesset, which is the Israeli parliament. And so he does not have the support he needs to continue as prime minister. So he's being forced to call emergency elections in April. So he's really under the gun now politically. In addition He's under three investigations for corruption, at least two of which he's been recommended by his own police chiefs for indictment. And those decisions about whether or not to indict him are coming any day now. And so he's really feeling the pressure and um, now is acting out in ways that I think reflect his um, his panic in the face of all of this and why we're seeing the escalations in Syria so that he can divert the public attention and also just help justify the U.S. existence there. 
So isn't his wife um, indicted too? His wife actually not only was indicted, but back in October, she went was on trial for corruption. And that decision, the court's decision, has not been delivered as far as I know. So his wife is also very much his son was also recently um, caught up in a public scandal when he tweeted that we should just kill all the Palestinians. And um, so that that drew further negative press for him. Meanwhile, Netanyahu has given control of Haifa port, which is a key strategic port in Palestine, to the Chinese to help lock up the trade routes there. And um, and this was to the alarm of all of his generals who expressed deep concern about the fact that this port is located very close to where they keep their where their um, nuclear submarine base is. So Netanyahu is doing all kinds of things to to hurt himself, but it's he's just pushing this bill. He's at the the doing his uh, work at the behest of these billionaires like Rothschilds and Murdoch in order to help facilitate right? their Dick Cheney's in that gang. Dick Cheney, Larry Summers, Um, and and it's not, you know, again, it's not strictly Republican or Democrat because uh, Bill Richardson, he's a major heavyweight in the the Democratic Party. He's also um, one of the members of the board of Genie Energy. And it also includes former CIA director James Wolfie. So there's clearly, you know, the idea that there's not enormous conflicts of interest is just, you know, laughable. But that it's it's really escalating there. And, and of course, as the pressures come to bear on Netanyahu, he exerts additional pressures on the Palestinians. And so we're seeing real escalations in the violence against especially Palestinian children who are being kidnapped at an escalating rate um, and their homes are being raided. They're being shot and killed the, as bad as it was before. It's escalating again. And I think it's a reflection of the, the anxiety in the Israeli administration. The other thing that we're seeing too simultaneously is this attempt to really lock down any criticism of the Israeli government. And now we saw over the last uh, week or so, there was this anti-BDS legislation that was making its way through uh, Congress and was held up by the shutdown in the government. They voted on that legislation, which makes it illegal for an American to criticize Israel or advocate for boycotting the country. It, and it input, it's a felony and it's a really? $2 million fine. And really, I can't 20, yes, 20 years in prison, I think, or 10 years in prison for, for BDS activity against Israel specifically. And in an unprecedented move, Congress forced a vote on that piece of legislation three times in the span of, I think, 24 or 48 hours. It's never been done before. But interestingly, it was the Democrats who blocked it because they're trying to use it as a way to force the 
um, issue of the border wall. So while it may look like the, the Democrats are defending Americans' right to free speech, um, in fact, it's just a political it's just political theater, as always, to further the same agenda, but do it in a very manipulative way. So the other thing about that is this border wall that's being discussed is that it appears that the contract is, and this is for people who are Trump supporters don't know this and really should, but it was an Israeli company, um, military contractor, that it looks like they're going to be building that border wall, and they've proposed to militarize it. And you need only look at what is going on in Gaza to understand what that means. And while it's being presented as protection from refugees uh, in Mexico and coming from South and in Central America, the the idea is that it's meant to control the U.S. population. And again, the propaganda is very typical where. You know, again, for example, in the Mideast, where the terrorist threat was, you know, promoted and propagandized and all that to justify us being in the Mideast. It's the same thing with these caravans coming north from Venezuela and other places that, you know, a lot of the what's on the media is pure propaganda and the ones that do exist are being organized by the same billionaire interests that are attempting to terrorize Americans into begging for this border wall, where there really is no legitimate threat. The vast majority of all the drug weapons and human trafficking that's being done across the southern border is being done by our own government agencies. So a wall is not going right. to stop any of that. And that, so that's the, you know, that's the one big, uh, I think, hurdle we face in dealing with this in the, with the public is helping them to understand that, you know, there, there is no real threat. And the fact is that this is being used to justify those snipers are going to start shooting Americans who dare approach right. this border wall. So um, that's. That's also in the works and not getting any any publicity. And not only are we going to be paying an Israeli company, Americans are not going to be getting jobs out of this. Again, many Trump supporters support the wall because they think that it will create jobs when, in fact, those jobs are going to Israelis. Yeah, see, I, di- I didn't know that till you just explained this to me. I didn't know this about this Israeli company building that wall. Yeah, yeah. So, I just learned about it. Uh, why isn't the mainstream media putting that out? Or are they? I don't watch the mainstream media, so I don't know. Maybe they are putting that out. Are they putting that out? You know, yeah, much of the um, good reporting that we're getting on this kind of thing now comes almost exclusively through Russian-based sources like RT and Sputnik. But um, right. I can't remember where I saw, but there were a couple of articles about that. There was one in 2016. It was already in the process was already begun where this particular Israeli security company was being um, the process for awarding them. This contract was already underway. Wow. So, wow, that's, yeah, that's really scary. <laughs> that's really scary. And now, 
Yeah, it is. It's terrifying. All you have to do. And then when you when you think about what's also going on in France, like for I think for a lot of people, like relating to Gaza and what's happening there is nearly impossible. So, you know, look to what's happening in France and how the police, they have they're brutalizing the French unarmed, nonviolent protesters. Yes. Eighty of whom have been shot in the head with munitions by law enforcement, two dozen of whom have lost eyes. They've been blinded by these injuries. Uh, Twelve have been killed. Uh, six have, lo- have had their hands blown off by the um, police munitions. And, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of other, you know, extremely serious injuries that um, are, you know, uh, split lips, jaws, um, uh, lost, you know, they've been, they're getting shot in the knees. And these are all patterns we're seeing in Gaza where they're shooting victims in the, in the face meant to disfigure them. And it's a psychological wound that they're trying to um, cause in addition to the physical wound to discourage people from protesting. And the other thing about these quote-unquote police in France is that they're not French. We're, we're finding more and more frequently that these are, um, you know, black ops contractors that are being brought in under, as, um, you know, presented as French law enforcement, but who are actually Americans or Israelis or others who are not French and committing a lot of these crimes. Not one police officer or security officer has been held responsible for any of those injuries that I just described to you. So yeah. Yeah. If, if, Gaza, if Gaza isn't a good enough example, just look at what's happening in France. And if they'll do that to the French, they'll sure as heck do it to Americans. They won't hesitate. And we've seen that kind of brutality by police here before, but... Um, you know, it, it just and again, one other point of comparison is that in response to these uh, protests, Macron um, brought in 80,000 police and troops to deal with the protesters. These are nonviolent, unarmed um, right. protesters, 80,000 right. in Syria, where there is an active military campaign supposedly against armed terrorists, they have right. 4,000. Four. Not 84. So it's just, wow. you know, it really puts into perspective how how um, brutal this is, this response really is, though none of it's showing up on mainstream media. So... Um, well, I know, and on all this, all these war games going on, and all the people talking about them, and in, in hardly ever do you hear about all these innocent people being slaughtered in these war games. Oh no, yeah, they just, no they question. just say, oh, this person's doing it, and that person's doing it, and this person's funding it. But we lost sight. They don't even talk about it anymore about all these innocent people being slaughtered. Right, because they can't even spin it anymore um, as being. <sighs> Uh, justified. In Syria, every target that the U.S. fires on is a civilian target or the Syrian army. 
in Yemen. Every single target is a civilian target. They are school buses, weddings, maternity wards, fish markets. None of them are military targets. And the other thing about Yemen is not only is Saudi Arabia one of our closest allies behind the genocide there, it's their pilots are trained by the U.S. military and their jets, the fuel for their jets and the coordinates for those holy civilian strikes are supplied by the U.S. military. They could not carry right. out that campaign were it not for our active support. And they are deliberately slaughtering civilians. And now the U.S. Navy is the one responsible for the illegal blockade on Hodaida Port, right. which right. is preventing desperately needed humanitarian aid from reaching the millions on the brink of death. The, there are babies dying by the thousands of starvation, and it is the direct result of U.S. military action coordinated with a key ally, Saudi Arabia. Yep, yep, the U.S. backing all this up, and and this is just, I I don't understand it, why Americans don't rise up, that their tax dollars are funding all this genocide all over the globe, and we just sit there and and do nothing. Well, I'm hopeful, though, it's now with this yellow vest movement that people the are starting warfare, to The warfare raging against us and the chemtrails playing and everything. The genocide is here now, and, and Americans don't realize that? No. that? We're being killed off slow, but sure, with this. Well, um, yeah, and speaking of which, you know, why don't you start talk about the vaccine? Because this is, you know, that is, that's, our babies are being murdered by these vaccine companies i mean you're you've you've got all the data there that our babies die at dramatically higher rates than all of our peers and the one of the most direct correlations are these vaccines we have the highest vaccine rate and yet the highest infant mortality rates and where there are the lowest vaccine rates are the lowest mortality rates among infants so it's same with maternal death rates and miscarriages and all of it and but it's the same propaganda it's the same billionaire interest and the same control that they're attempting to to wage on the the 99 percent right well you know other countries you're right they don't have the mandatory vaccines like we do and and most countries don't have have vaccines mandatory at all you know, but right. now um, the WHO just put out, uh, the World Health Organization just put out, they said that the anti-vaccine movement is one, is one of the top 2019 threats. And, uh, <laughs> Yay, good. Be, be, well, people are waking up. They really, really are waking up. And I'm so... That's wonderful. And I am so happy. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling down my... Oh, here was one um, article that was just came out on January 19th that um, a new report released by the Chicago Department of Public Health Commissioner, Dr. Julie Moriarty in Lurie's Children's Hospital, created controversy last week after the report indicated a large amount of flu shot refusers. The report showed that at least 83% of local parents refused a flu shot and 14% refused all vaccines. Yay. So that was great That's, news for me to see. That is very oh, encouraging. Oh, my God. I, that is yeah. very encouraging to hear. Yes, for sure. Yes. That people well, are and, and when you 
when you take into consideration, you know, Robert Kennedy having, you know, filed that lawsuit against the um, Department of Health and Human Services for the data, the safety data on those vaccines, only to discover that they had never done it once in the 30 years they've been required to. And since the vaccine, you know, that that requirement was established specifically because the vaccine, the pharmaceutical companies were given immunity for vaccine injuries, which are paid in the civil courts by by us. They're not even paid by by the pharmaceutical companies. (laughs) It's such a scam. It's unreal. This is this is just insane. Parents don't know this. Parents with the vaccines and stuff, they don't they don't realize this that you can't sue the vaccine companies, you know. And right. and so like right, like you said, in nineteen eighty six when they passed that law, of course the vaccine makers were saying they were gonna have to leave this country because they were getting lawsuits and everything, and that was BS, you know. But they got that set up and right, like you said, then every two years they were supposed to submit a report to Congress on the vaccine safety studies and they have, and that was nineteen eighty six and they've not submitted one. So all these Ever. kids, and back then there was only three vaccines that kids exactly. were supposed to get. And now there's all these, and so they haven't tested any of these. And like I said before, that they, they've not only not tested the vaccines against vaccine versus unvaccinated children, but they've never tested them for anything else either, like giving all these right. vaccines the at once to little infants. You know, yes. I say it's got to be safest to give these. Yeah, if you watch yep. these parents, watch them giving these little infants their vaccines, the parent is holding that kid down, and they shoot him up with four of these vaccines in one visit at, like, two months yep. old. Some of these kids go into seizures, have convulsions, everything yep. else. You know, We, have, uh, we are uh, the only uh, modern nation that has a declining life expectancy. And we have we have the highest infant mortality rate, not by, you know, a percentage, you know, 10 percent or whatever. We have the highest infant mortality rate by multiple, like two to three times. Same with the maternal death rate, women dying, giving birth. We have the highest death rate. And it, it's and all of these rates are increasing. They're, that's the other thing is that we're not seeing, you know, improvements in any of these death rates or mortality rates, they're all worsening with time and with the increase in vaccinations and interventions and all, all of these practices um, of the, the medical industry here. Well, sure. And it's a, a total racket for the medical industry it is. with these vaccines. It is. You know, they give these vaccines starting on the first day of birth and, and people probably don't realize it's hepatitis vaccine that they give on the first day of birth. You don't catch hepatitis except for having anal sex or using needles with other people. Right. And they give that vaccine to every every baby on the Newborn. first day of birth. How many of them mothers are out there having anal sex or sharing needles with addicts? <laughs> right. Well, and we also have the highest one-day mortality rate among infants yep. because of that freaking that- hepatitis vaccination. Yeah. Sure it is. That's when it all started. Sure. When you track this back, that's when it all started, when they started giving that shot on the first day of birth. And how come parents aren't rising up and saying that we are not going to allow this? Well, as as you pointed out, Evelyn, now people, they're starting to do that. Thankfully, they're now, you know, questioning it at a rate never seen before. And, 
I'm very hopeful that the momentum is in the right direction. And then we have all these other countries that you've researched, like Japan, for example. They have, you know, one vaccine causes two deaths among infants, and those are too many. They stop it right there. They end, they right. end the vaccine, and then they evaluate it. Here in the U.S., they just tell us that we're imagining things, and they, don't, they do nothing. They've done no safety studies whatsoever. <laughs> much less in the vaccination program because of the death rate among the recipients. So um, the good news is that these other countries, India is now um, has eliminated the mandatory vaccines because parents were objecting their children were dying. And it didn't take very many for those countries, the the civilian population to say uh, no more. But in the U.S., it's a much bigger problem and a much, it's much more complicated by the amount of propaganda. And then you have the whole medical industry protecting these pharmaceutical companies. In addition to, you know, even where a physician wants to do the right thing, they're under such pressures that they often are helpless to do the right thing. For example, with the vaccination programs, if they don't meet those minimum thresholds for their patient populations being vaccinated, they lose these massive subsidies that they get for meeting the minimum. And so, you know, these doctors themselves, their practices wouldn't survive without those subsidies. And therefore, they're caught in a catch-22 in terms of, you know, really pushing vaccinations where there is, you know, where the safety data does simply does not exist. And in fact, there's overwhelming evidence that these vaccinations are deadly. And, and the flu being the, the best example, you know, the amount of the mortality yes. rates from the flu vaccines are shocking. And, and yes. where there isn't mortality, the the injury rates are not just, you know, mild reactions. These are paralysis, you know, multiple sclerosis. We're seeing, we're seeing it among children, too. So it isn't healthy children who are having these reactions. So it's not just immune-compromised people who already are, are vulnerable to all of the toxins and, and contaminants in those that we know exist in the flu shot, but healthy individuals are dying and being permanently disabled by these vaccines. And we saw a congressman died two weeks recently. There, there are more and more incidences of, of these major injuries coming forward. And I think, you know, that, that is probably reflected in those numbers you described of people who are objecting to them altogether now. Right, right. Well, that flu vaccine, you know, when they're just pushing it on everybody, I mean, often it's free all over the place and everything, you know. And this is, you know, this Alzheimer's and dementia, this is being caused by these vaccines, all the aluminum stuff in these vaccines. The aluminum, and, yep. Yes, and now now they're saying that um, all the, what is it? Well, Alzheimer's is the number one um, cause of death in elderly now. So they've really wow. got to them. That, uh, and well, then and the, the chemtrail spray and spraying all this aluminum on us. That's another thing, right. you know, but, but in, in Alzheimer's, it was unheard of when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, anybody. I never heard of anybody with Alzheimer's or autism or, right. or anything, you know, and now right. it's the number one that people that elderly people have autism. That's from the vaccine Our and the chemtrail spraying of aluminum. Yeah. Yes. 
our children are the this, sickest children in any yeah. modern country. And the studies, you know, the studies bear out year after year after year. And you can look at, you know, the Lancet is the equivalent of the American, the Journal of Medicine here in the United States. In the Lancet, decades they've been documenting the the reality that unvaccinated children are far healthier than vaccinated children. And this has borne out over decades. So um, American children are by far the sickest among our peers. There's no question. The the data shows it unequivocally. And they are the most vaccinated. Right. And, 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 And I have verification of that because luckily for me, I started researching vaccines and stuff about a year before um, my second daughter had a late pregnancy, okay? Um, so I learned about the vaccines before she had that baby. And so I didn't allow him to get any vaccines, you know. In fact, I, I moved back to Green Bay from Dayton, Ohio. But she was going to be – she had been diagnosed with MS, so they thought it was going to be a rough delivery and everything. And, and, oh, they had her on all these psych drugs. And I wanted her off of them, and her doctor wouldn't take her off of them. So wow. I moved back up here two months before she had the baby, you know, to get her off them psych drugs because I'd been investigating them, too, and knew the harm they right. caused to the infants in the body. Right. And so I came up here for that, and then I said, and I told my workers that I was going to be uh, I was going to be in that delivery room. And any <laughs> nurse who tried to get by me with a needle better think real hard how much she valued her time on this earth. <laughs> try to get to my infant with that needle because it was not happening and so um anyhow so he didn't get any and, and of course nowadays they make you go get a pediatrician before the kid's born and all this stuff and so i went with her right. for that oh the, the broad is trying to push the quack is trying to push these vaccines you know and uh, and and this was back in 2005 in the summer of 2005 the fall rather. and and i'm telling her about the autism she's sitting there saying that it does not cause autism and then she sits there and she has my daughter turn away from me, and she looks at me and she said, I'm telling you that um, vaccines do not cause autism. The studies show this and all this. And, and I just burst out, you know, I said, is this what you do to all these young, naive mothers? Tell them this bullshit? They don't cause right. autism? And, and I said, when that does, and this is, you know, this is 13 years ago now. And so um, then then I noticed she's got out on her uh, counter uh, uh, oh, a box with the ADA. You know, and I told my daughter, let's get the hell out of here, you know. Mm. And um, so so we left. So anyhow, he never got any vaccines, right? Do you know that in eight, his first eight years of life, he was only sick one time, down in bed sick. Wow. One time in eight years. Now, before this, when I was working at Dayton Daily News, the workers in my department had babies. You know, they got pregnant, two of them, and they had babies, well, you know, right while they're working, and they're just off to have the baby, then they come back. Well, this is before I knew about the vaccines. Those babies were sick all the time. You know, they're taking off work all the time. Oh, I got to bring my baby to the doctor at emergency. You know, she has an ear infection. Another one had asthma. And, but they're taking off all the time. You know, I said to my one worker, I don't yeah. even believe that. I said that that babies I sick are sick. I said, I can count on one hand the number of times I ever had to take my kids to the doctor. You know, right. for both of them. I mean, you know, in their childhood. Well, then when I found out about the vaccines, it was like, well, yeah, they're sick. These are the things that are caused by the vaccine. They had to get tubes in their ear. One had asthma. Yes. 
uh, it, yep, and it's very things that I found out then that are caused by these vaccines. And so they got a red well, racket going here because then they yeah, have to go for these other illnesses caused by the vaccines and they drug them for that and they have yep. to keep seeing them, you know, for appointments and everything. And it's just a horrible racket they got going here in the United States. Well, and remember, um, I believe his name is William Thompson. If you recall, the CDC scientist who in, I believe it was 2004, determined right. through his own research that the Sanofi DTaP was causing autism. It was unequivocal based on his research. And he was forced by the head of the CDC at the time to revise his research and to um, cover up that correlation. And for 10 years, that vaccine remained on the market and caused thousands upon thousands of injuries. And even in the vaccine insert, it says it may cause autism. They even put that in there. But nobody reads the inserts, not even the doctors or the nurses administering the vaccinations. Yet, they will say to you with absolute confidence that it's safe. And and none of these people even know that none of these studies have ever been done that Robert Kennedy discovered. They, you know, they're so overwhelmed with you know, cranking through the patients that they have no time to do any actual research of their own. And they're just as ignorant as the rest of us. Yet, you know, pushing all these poisons on on the kids at the same time, it's just, it's really a horrifying reality. And then William Thompson, after, you know, he was, of course, um, marginalized, and he he was able to get official whistleblower status. So they weren't able to fire him and uh, destroy him the way they have others. For example, I can't remember her name, but she was a scientist with the Cancer Research Cancer Institute. I don't know what the formal name is for the U.S. And she discovered the, the contaminants in one of the vaccinations that was causing cancer. Right. And... When she published her research, she was shut down and told never to talk about it. And nothing really happened to her very seriously beyond that. But then a number of years later, another scientist came forward with study results that matched hers. And within weeks of that data being published, she was arrested and kept in jail for weeks without being charged with anything and no ability to, um, you know, respond in any way because they never charged her. She couldn't, she couldn't file any actions against them. And then they destroyed her career after that. They let her go because they couldn't figure out what to charge her with or how to frame her. And then they just completely destroyed her career. And I can't remember what happened to that other scientist. I think he died mysteriously is my recollection. Yeah. Well, this is what's so scary because no doctors and medical professionals can't speak out because they will destroy your career. Just like you just described with that doctor. Oh yeah. They've done that to tons of scientists and doctors. You know, they will, well, look at, um, uh, what's the one from, from England that, oh, uh, Wakefield. Oh, they destroyed his career, you know, over there. And at the time, the study that he put out, he didn't say 
he didn't say that, um, you know, he didn't say the vaccines were causing autism. He said that this three in one, that the vaccine, when they gave it at a certain time, seemed to show that that, that could cause autism. So he re- they recommended that they divide those vaccines up and give one at right. a later date, you know. But even that was too much, yeah. No, but they destroyed his career. I mean, they dragged out that case in, in, in the U.K. for over, over a decade, you know, and to wow. the courts and everything and took his license and everything. And they did this other scientist that was on that study, too. But the other scientist saved enough money and he appealed it. And it came out that uh, the, the appeal was all in his favor. And they said that the, the, the study was correct and everything, you know, and wow. he, he got his license back. But Dr. Wakefield, you know, after spending over 10 years on attorneys and stuff to fight this. I guess just didn't have yeah. the money to, for the appeal and stuff, you know, but, but it was cleared. So that should have cleared Dr. Wakefield too, you know, right. because it was a right. same study and, and the other scientists that they ruled that he could have his license, that it was true and everything with the study. So, but they destroyed his, but like I told you, uh, I've told the listeners other times, it was probably a year or two ago that this doctor at this hospital in, in, um, Green Bay, and I won't even say which hospital, but um, I, w- I was bitching at him because it was my boyfriend had had hernia surgery and stuff, and, and he had to go for checkups or something. And, and every time we'd go, they'd bring up, did you get your vaccine? Did you get your flu vaccine? You know, and I just went off, you know. <laughs> that, uh, the, the first time it was like the woman didn't even know what he's there for yet. Didn't even ask him about right. it. just comes right out and starts with just pushing these vaccines, you know. So I got really mad about it and told him that I wanted that to stop. We are not taking them poisonous vaccines, and when we come for an appointment, we don't want them pushing them. And so, when the doctor came in, and then I was still bitching about it, and he admitted that he knows um, because I brought up, you know, that I had had do the radio show and that I had um, uh, the uh, Wakefield on. I mean, oh, um, Dan, Del Big Tree on from Vaxxed, you know, mm-hmm. and he had seen the movie Vaxxed and everything. Oh, and he wow! Knew, and he's. Oh, yeah. And he said they forced him to get that vaccine at the hospital. But I'm hoping that them people, that they don't really give each other the vaccine. But anyhow, he said, but that as far as his wife it. and his kids, yeah. His, yeah, his wife and his kids said, nope, he don't allow yeah. them to get any vaccines. They know. These doctors know. Yeah. Now, he was a surgeon, yeah. so he's not the one that's giving them vaccines, you know, the Satanists sticking them right. needles in these kids. But if, if people knew that the last time um, this researcher told me that he had been checking with Peter. They make between 50 and 80% of their total income from giving vaccines. Jesus. Right. Well, uh-huh. you said the numbers, just in like 15 <sighs> years, 20 years, the numbers, the annual cost to vaccinate a child in the U.S. has gone from like $100 to over 2000 Yeah. So yep. there's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And the flu yeah. vaccine is the most toxic of all. That's the one. It has blood, plasma. It has aluminum. It has, um, like, aborted fetal tissue. It has yes. the most incredible aluminum, mercury. It is the Formaldehyde. absolute poison. Formaldehyde, yeah. yes. Yeah. All of it in the one vaccine. Right. And going into our children, you know, and they hit that yeah. in that mercury in vaccine they hid for years, you know, and then they right. were then they said they took it out, you know, and and I was following this then, and it, I think it was in two thousand one or something or, or ninety nine or something the pharmaceutical company said they took that mercury out of the vaccines. Well, in two thousand four or five, I looked up and I was thinking that um, maybe some vaccines might still be okay. 
I wouldn't say that now, but I was thinking right. you know, maybe um, maybe that one that's supposedly for for tetanus and stuff might be okay for my grandson. You know, I go and look it up. Still had mercury in it. And this well, you know what happens? Yeah, and, 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 and all the flu vaccines have mercury in it. Yes, they do. And one of the mm-hmm. things that happened with that mercury issue was that they they discontinued it in some vaccines, but they had a supply that was already out in the market that was still right. had the mercury in it. And so what they would do is they they instead of removing those from the market, they would just move them to areas, especially like urban areas among the poor. And that's why you see these autism rates at such higher levels among the poor, because all those mercury laden um, versions of it were, were funneled toward these vulnerable populations who were, you know, less savvy about all that information. So um, they, they, they had remained on the market anyway, where they were supposedly removed. But, and then there were other, just because they removed them from those ones, doesn't mean they took the mercury out of any of the other ones. So, um, yeah, no. it's a, the the flu vaccine is by far the it's an absolute yes. horror show in terms of the contaminants and poisons in it. Well, did you see um, that the New York Times just came out with an with an article on? Uh, well, it, it came out on January nineteenth. New York Times: How oh, to inoculate against anti vaxxers Oh yes, the no yes. vaccine crowd has persuaded a lot of people, but public health can prevail. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know the real irony is that whenever we have these like measles outbreaks, for example, right. it's always yeah. among a vaccinated population. It's never right. Right. among an unvaccinated population. Right. Always. Well, according to the, the New York Times is saying, according to the CDC that the percentage of children who are unvaccinated has quadrupled since 2001, even though the overall utilization of most vaccines remains high. It says more than 100,000 American infants and toddlers have received no vaccines whatsoever, and millions more have received only some crucial shots. That's great news to me. That yes, is it great is. news to me. That is music But it's higher than this. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And, of course, they go well, up here... In their, and they go up here and they, um, well, what they say, the World Health Organization says it's the top 10 health threat in the world. And then they, and then, oh, they go into those, um, those measles breakouts and stuff in California and Minnesota and stuff in Texas, you know, and they make, and they, and they make it like it's, they don't list the ones that are vaccinated. These happen right. among vaccinated kids, you know. It's just so insane. Right. But it's a really long article. But I didn't have time. Uh, there was other uh, doctors had put out articles to refute it, you know. But uh, it's just full of BS. Just totally full of BS. Oh, and down here, it goes, I mean, vaccines yeah. are. It says vaccines are not toxic and they do not cause autism. Full stop. <laughs> they do not cause autism. Yeah, right. That's laughable. You know. That's. I laughable. mean, I have researched that so fully that there is nobody in hell that can convince me that these vaccines aren't causing autism. You know, and when well, this I is out of the newspaper, this, I knew nothing about the... it. Yeah, this was out of the, yeah, this is out of the New York Times, the latest article. You know, <laughs> but pushing these vaccines. Well, look what they did at, at the global uh, at that award show. Those right, going that out was so it. bizarre. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> they're pushing these that vaccines. Was... I mean, they full pace. Yeah. 
Well, and did you see, Evelyn, over Christmas, um, they're now attempting to make them all mandatory. And they're, over Christmas, there was a decision by the Connecticut Department of Health to require the vaccination of all um, preschoolers and kindergarten gardeners to receive a flu shot before they could return to school after the break. I saw that. And they made Isn't it mandatory. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I think that the, the homeschooling has got to be picking up like crazy, man. Well, I wouldn't right. let my kids go to Right, and it's getting harder to homeschool. School. Is yeah, it? It's harder to homeschool now because of, well, that's one of the reasons, is that they can't force the vaccination of these kids. And um, right. the states are making it harder and harder to homeschool. Oh, this is so scary. Our public schools in this country, for our kids, I wouldn't let any kid of mine go to a public school in this country. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same kind of, the same people are you know, overseeing the curricula that are in our public schools that are behind all this nonsense with the the vaccines and um, propaganda around their safety. So, well, yeah, and the know, other, the another money issue to- here is this pushing this transgender shit on our kids. Yeah. No, yeah. In the schools. The suicide I mean, this rate is really scary to trans- me. Yeah, and, and they never tell you the fact that for those who do receive the the gender reassignment surgery, the the suicide rates are through the roof. I mean, they're they're shockingly high. I think something like thirty or forty percent of of yeah. individuals who get the gender reassignment surgery end up committing suicide. Right, right. Well, these little kids that they're forcing this on, you know, they don't know right. any better. I of mean, I suppose not. it seems fun to them. Like like we see these uh the uh. The Today Show having that little transgender kid on there, you know, yeah. uh, and this is so insane to me. And the parents obviously are going along with this and letting it happen. Yeah. And then and then the little kid, 11 years old, then is out in a gay bar doing his <sighs> transgender stripping and the gay old guys are giving him money. I mean, how is this it's even like, legal? Yeah. How is it? You know, you wouldn't have an 11 year old girl doing a strip tease for men to put money in her little thing. Why, why is it okay for an 11-year-old boy dressed up as a woman to do it? I, I mean, well, I've never heard of it being beyond legal for kids to be in strip joints to begin with. Even yeah, no, I know. But now mm-hmm. performing? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell in you. Drag. Well, let's switch, switch over real quick here to the, uh, to the, to the Catholic Church. Now, this, this comes in here because um, a Swiss, Swiss group has launched a global petition ask, asking Catholic bishops to stop homosexual networks. Oh, you know, this is a hard story to get out there because the church militant has, you know, really been having a lot of shows on this, that that's the real problem. These homosexual networks in the, in the Catholic Church that, you know, right. they explain that uh, if you look at it, if you go over the years, it's all boys and stuff that have been abused. Right. You know, right. No, the boys are definitely targeted more than girls by the Catholic oh, priests. Yeah, and I am so glad that this is coming out, you know, that men are finally getting the courage to stand up and say that this has happened. You know, because yeah. for years and years, you know, it's always been the focus on the girls that have been sexually abused and raped and everything. But now finally, you know, enough men are standing up and, and saying this in the Catholic Church, so it's becoming apparent. You know, yeah. that, and, and, and also that um, 
these homosexual networks, it's not only the minors that they do this to, it's it's the members of their clergy, you know, people that are in seminars and stuff, and they're hiding this, they're concealing this, you know, they're right. ch- chasing, chasing men out of the priesthood because this is what happens to them when they try to enter right. into it. Wow. Well, incredible. Well, yes. Definitely some good news, though, Evelyn. The the trends are in the right direction, it sure sounds like. So I'm in one last thing. Michael Boris on Church Militant says anybody that's been abused, do not call the church, call the cops. Great advice. No. Yeah. Okay, Trish. Well, thanks. We'll see you next week, people. Um, Thanks so much. Yep. Goodbye. I hear screaming on the left